everyone, welcome to the official first episode of Bits and Bites, hosted by yours truly. <laughs> um, for those that might not know me, uh, my name is Jean. I'm the program coordinator for Launch. Um, we decided to create this podcast to kind of talk about, you know, the unfiltered view on what it's like to work within the tech startup. But I got a special twist for all of the guests that will be joining us. Uh, I have kind of a sadistic food, hum- <laughs> food humor. So I'm going to get so all of our right guests. <laughs> oh, you should be very scared. I'm so scared. <laughs> for for longtime followers of Launch, you guys you guys might have known something we used to do with uh, Shade and me called Lunch Academy. But I can promise you, we never did a single episode with food. And a garbage can. <laughs> it's just uh, it's just a uh, security, you know, just in case you don't want to dirty the walls or love dirty, the green walls. Dirty the walls. What are we doing here? <laughs> Honestly, today we're going very easy on you. It's the first oh, episode, you. so I didn't want to actually, you know, have any collateral damage just yet. So, mm. anyways, um, well, uh, so for those of you, uh. Most of you probably already know Sam. Yeah, I'm I'm on screen a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm also in all the Q and A questions of all of our programs, and and people like treat me as like this not a celebrity as a f- like oh I watched all your questions you answered them kind of awkwardly. He's the face of launch. <laughs> I'm a face. Launch Academy <laughs> celebrity, very own. We're, we're too poor to have real face actors. <laughs> Anyways, um, all right. So how the show is going to kind of go down is every episode we'll have one unique guest from uh, any position within the tech community. So it can be your next door intern or we might bring in a CXO from Facebook. Who knows? Maybe if we get that far. But the whole point is everyone will be treated the same in the sense that I will be introducing a very unique food experience or a food challenge. The of word some food sort. experience gives me chills. You should be. I mean, like I said, you got a very easy food challenge this time there's, around. There's a lot of things I don't eat though. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Great. All right. So um, for our first food challenge with Sam, like I said, we're going very easy on him today. I think most of you guys might know this food challenge already. Chubby bunny. Oh, oops. Let's put that in the So we got a bag of marshmallows here. So for those that might not be familiar with what Chubby Bunny is, essentially it's a food challenge game where you compete against one another to fit the most marshmallows in your mouth. Each Sorry, time what? you put in... Oh. Fit, fit the most what in your what? Marshmallows. <laughs> in your mouth. <laughs> That's why we have the garbage bag. <laughs> oh, um, so how it works is every time we put one marshmallow in, we have to say chubby bunny. As long as we both agree that we can still hear the words chubby bunny. Chubby bunny. She, she can't say it. She doesn't have a single marshmallow. I win, I guess. <laughs> or I'm already at a disadvantage here. Um, uh, whoever is able to fit the most marshmallows in their mouth with, while pronouncing chubby bunny wins the competition. The loser will have to... Hmm, I actually never thought of a... Because she knew she'd lose. That's why. <laughs> You know what? If we next time we'll think of a punishment. For now, we'll just do it as wow. a friendly competition. A friendly competition. Wait, are these are these marshmallows organic? 
Nat- natural or processed sugar? Definitely processed non-GMO, sugar. Non-GMO. We're, we're not fancy. Enough, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can partake in this. What well, does my trainer say? I mean, you already <laughs> you already signed a disclosure agreement, oh, so man. I don't think you're getting out of this one here. Ray, this is your fault. <laughs> All right. Um, just for like some interesting facts, just kind of going into the history of Chubby Bunny. So for those of you might not know, Chubby Bunny first actually appeared back in 1959 on a Peanuts comic where. Charlie Brown was stuffing marshmallows into Snoopy's mouth and counting the amount of marshmallows that were going into his mouth. So what I'll tell HR is you're treating me like a dog. Well, I wouldn't that classify Snoopy as, you know, a dog. A dog. He's more of a... a <laughs> That's a controversial topic. <laughs> All right. So um, let's get started here then. Let's see. Should have opened the bag before. <laughs> now we just got the rustling of bags. Let me describe this ASMR. Oh yeah, we should do like. Oh, I I I think we're not gonna get any subscribers this way. All right. <laughs> cool. So I'll let you pick your marshmallow. Dude, look, I'll, I'll I'll do a one plus one. Let's start with two. You want to start with two? Ah. Uh, okay. So I can't swallow it. Uh oh. What's up? Okay. Now you have to Chubby bunny. Chubby bunny, chubby bunny, chubby bunny. She's going to lose. Chubby bunny. <laughs> She's still going to lose. <laughs> okay. This is not no. even fair. Like, I can have a proper conversation. And she's like, like, she made this up, but then she's the one that's like choking already. And we're like first, first level. All right. It's not static. pleasant on the eyes, though. So I got to keep changing chubby bunny. Okay. Did Is you take your third marshmallow? Yeah. So we're in marshmallow number three. They're melting in my mouth, though. <laughs> okay. That's cool. Sweet. This one's already melted. Chubby bunny. <laughs> She's so bad at this. Chubby bunny. She didn't think this through when she made the game up that maybe maybe I have bigger mouth than her. <laughs> but there are like there are like marshmallow bits appearing on my lips. <laughs> which isn't that pleasant. Is she tapping out? She's tapping out. So I'll, I don't know. That was pretty easy, guys. Let her know what she should do instead as a punishment. That was pretty soft. No pun intended. So I can swallow now, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Cool. I can survive that. Maybe right. she's not as sadistic as she thinks. Oh what? my, that was a lot of marshmallows. What was that? Was that four marshmallows? That took a turn. <laughs> Wow, that was um a lot more challenging than I thought it would be. <laughs> she never thought to pre-try this game on her own. <laughs> I didn't know going in, so you know. That's a thing. Do you need the garbage bag? No, I'm good, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was to process of preparation for myself. <laughs> Oh my, that's a lot of marshmallows. <laughs> she can't she can't survive on air like this. <laughs> so so this is what we call dead air. 
as you're choking to death. Actually, I guess not really fun fact, but more a morbid fact. Um, there has been two cases of deaths from this challenge. From, yeah. That's depressing, guys. Mm-hmm. Just just chew, man. It's all good. I don't know how far they went up into terms of like how many marshmallows you, they got in their mouth, but you might get diabetes, but like not like this. Yeah, it's a very unfortunate uh, freak case that happened. Sweet. Well, I'm glad the food challenge wasn't anything on the vegetable scale. So, yeah, just, just <laughs> pure sugar. As you can tell, uh, Sam's diet consists of fried chicken, Coke, and more fried chicken. No, 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 no. no. We, I, I've, I've been healthier since the first show. I, I changed to Coke Zero. Oh, oh, oh! Right, right, right. Sorry, guys. So, we- so you like you amped up my my sugar <laughs> intake. We got a. We got more uh, varieties, so mm-hmm. Sam's upgraded his lifestyle to the mm-hmm. Coke Zero luxury. Moving on up. Alrighty, so um, let's get back to the actual content now. So thank you for participating in the food challenge. Awesome, I won that. Make a note. <laughs> One zero. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, so Sam, I got a couple of questions for you then. So Sure, it's weird you, being on this side of the mic. I know, right? You're finally being on the guest. We'll interrogate you quite thoroughly. <laughs> Awesome. Um, so as we, out of all of us on the team, you have by far been the longest employee standing, aside from Ray. <laughs> so how long has it been? Five years or so? Five years is January. Five years. Wow. So what kind of, you know, you must have seen a lot that kind of came through in and out of launch. Like, let's talk about some of the experiences you went through. Like, um, There's been so many things from when my wallet got stolen here. To when other people's things got stolen here, to when we got our iPads stolen. So basically, a lot of thefts, right? Mm. Um, but I mean, five years is a long time, and I I never really thought I'd stay here for five years, to be honest with you. But I also didn't keep track, and it just is what it is, right? Yeah. Um, so you know, what's uh, Ray doing? What's the secret? What, what has he done to uh, retain you for so long? I don't know if it's anything that Ray's done. Maybe maybe nobody's recruited me. <gasps> so you're saying Maybe you haven't it. been approached yet? Like I don't, I don't think so. Other than like, like, um, there's this prince. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this on air, but he's from Nigeria, mm-hmm. and he promised to send me, um, <laughs> I think, 16 million dollars. So uh, I don't know. He seems pretty legit. I might take up him on. Wait, this hold offer. on. Did he message you over Facebook too? Uh, Was he yeah, wearing the blue collared shirt, um, stripes? I, I don't want to say because I don't want to lose out on this opportunity. Oh no! I, I think I might be. I think I got the same message though. Wow. I don't think you're that special, Sam. Okay. Uh, yeah, another five years, Ray. <laughs> you hear that, Ray? You got to keep him to his word. <laughs> so out of those five years then, so have you must have seen a lot of companies come through, you know, some good, some bad, some amazing unicorn level companies. Um, let's start with the bad ones then. Has there any been any like major red flags that you've seen when you were working with several companies? Like you don't have to name names, mm. obviously, but like, you know, <laughs> let, like, let's just say names. like, you know, <laughs> I, I think when it comes to startups and, and you hear this a lot when you go to, to lean startup talks and you go to different events, um, Every every idea can be a crazy good idea, and every idea can be a terrible idea. I think one of the red flags that we notice at launch a lot is is when people are very protective of what I call the wrong things, and that's the idea itself. They don't want to talk about it; they want to keep things hidden. Um, and and really, we've just seen that that doesn't work. Um, no matter what type of startup, what kind of business you're building, um, 
at the end point, your customers are going to be people. And mm-hmm. so at some point you need validation of some, from some sort of people. Is it true that maybe perhaps at some points NDAs are needed and whatnot? Like, I don't want to get into the specifics or, or to say that this is true of everything. But for the most part, when, when you're, you're just starting out and you don't have any customers, you don't have a product yet. Like you need to talk about it as much as possible because, because you're no matter what role you're in, you're technical, not technical, whatever. You're constantly trying to convince either other people to, to work with you or other people to invest in you, whether it's with time or money or whatever. But you, you, you have to sell that vision, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you have no product and you have no customers, all you have is a vision. So what makes that vision interesting? I see. Is you have to talk about it. So, so for, for red flags, it's, it's people that don't want to talk about what they're doing. Um, and they're not excited about it. Um, those would, that's probably my biggest red flag. Okay. What about some more? What are some of the green flags then? Cause. There's been some pretty notable companies that have came through, like Later, Battlefy, Clue, and then also some from mm-hmm. Maple companies as well, like Data True. So, what were some of the things that you noticed about them? Like, what made them? Did you always know that they were on the way to success, or was it kind of like mm-hmm. it just kind of happened gradually with time and with effort and participation within the community? I think some of them, like especially the maple companies we work with and just to give everybody background maple is a program that we run free plug um <laughs> that where we help international entrepreneurs actually relocate to vancouver um but in the case of maple companies a lot of them already are very successful entrepreneurs in their own homelands or their original homelands and so it's just a matter of helping them convert that success and and whatever advantages they had back home how can we recreate that here in vancouver in their new home mm-hmm. um but but in terms of of green flags i'd say it's just the reverse i love it when when and then there's people like there's product managers here who who live and breathe this and do it way better and can describe it way better than me but i love it when people are able to build something without building it um there's there's lots of like lame startup terms like hacking things together or whatever i i don't I don't, I'm not privy to the language. Um, but, but just this concept of, of I'm going to use Google slides or I'm going to use, use keynote and kind of fake an app so that I don't have to pay a developer to see what the user experience is like doing, doing a lot of testing that way, getting people's money before the products built. And I don't mean scamming them, but yeah. you're selling it so hard that, that you don't even know what I'm going to buy or what I'm going to make and what I'm going to sell you, but you're already giving me your money. Um, that to me is very, those are signs of savvy business people. Do you think part of it is largely like passion? Like, cause it sounds like if you are pat, like what entrepreneurs make them stand out is like, they're passionate about what they're building. They have like a whole idea of like what their end is going to be. And in turn, I think part of it is, can be passion, but I think that passion is going to sound more controversial is a bit overrated. Mm-hmm. And I mean by that is there are plenty of people there, multi-time entrepreneurs who just know how to build a product and sell it. And, and so for them, it's a, it's a rinse and repeat process. Find 10 people, sell it to them, tell them to tell it to tell their friends, sell it. Now you have a hundred customers. Um, this kind of rinse and repeat, um, that, you know, later when you get real guests and you're not getting my filler, um, they can talk about and they're, they're just very good at that. Right. So the, like, are you passionate about, I don't know, um, organic pesticide? I, I am not sure, but people need it and you have the ability to make it happen. Then that's, that's what it is. Um, but 
But yeah, like I've seen so many people just build product. And, and I think the, the mistakes people make is one, when we as founders make too many assumptions. I think that's the first one when we know that G needs it or we know that Lauren needs it, but we never asked you mm-hmm. and you, we never got your money. So do you really need it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. You might, you might say pleasant things, but until you give me money, that's not a proof point yet. Um, the, the other thing is, is we, I find that, that especially earlier stage entrepreneurs, they start selling too late, right? Like they don't pitch until they, they have their, their product ready and they've spent $20,000 on building a prototype or, or whatever it is. Again, not, not always the case. There's, there's hard goods, hard software, hardware, different things that, that need to be built before you have anything to show. So I'm not, not, you know, for anybody that's like, well, there's, this is the reason that I need to do it like this. I'm like, all the power to you, man. Um, but, but I'm just talking in terms of people that come through our doors for sure. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, so aside from the company, then what is it like to work at launch? Cause you know, uh, we have a very, very small team for those that might not know. Um, it can fluctuate between four to, I think we're at our peak now at six people, <laughs> six team members. It's, it's super weird. So, so coming into work today, I was promised delicious, uh, a Korean food and I got, <laughs> All I've eaten today is a bag of ketchup chips and, and four marshmallows. So that I think that. that gives you <laughs> that gives you an example of, of everything you need to know about what goes on a lunch. I mean, we're we're dynamic. Every day is different. Like I don't think I'll be eating marshmallows on Monday. Um but but it's fun, right? Because because we work with so many different companies and they're they're across so many different um industries, the the touch points that we have with with people to to help them are so varied so so there's never there's never a a lack of of um issues that we can work on so um you must have participated in some of these interviews right (laughs) including myself (laughs) full disclosure (laughs) full disclosure um so so you're talking about interviewing people yeah okay like our staff Yeah, yeah sure so let's kind of start with like you know um talk about you know what were some of the i guess like things that you noticed about interviews that didn't go so well like what were things that immediately kind of made you decide like okay this person's not going to be fit for a team like us at a startup i think i think flexibility is key i think um expectations are key uh i'm pretty transparent when it comes to what we are and what we're not what we are is definitely a small nimble team that goes and does many crazy things um whether whether it's something small like eating marshmallows or 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 like at other times we've had the the founder of uber walk through a door and give a talk with with press and and whatever um or we're running one of you know the biggest conferences in north america um and that's all just day to day that we we want we need people that that can not just stay in their box um and there's nothing wrong with with understanding your vertical and and knowing what you're good at and doing a lot of that uh but it's not this isn't the right place for that because mm-hmm. there's just absolutely no way that that we can go from just doing social media and the next thing you know you stick a mic in front of my face <laughs> yeah um just from personal experience too like let's just say my titles program coordinator but this has happened 
I've also been the office manager at one point, uh, media manager. Chased any mice away yet? (laughs) Pardon? You haven't chased any mice away? No, not yet. Uh, An exterminator, but so far I haven't come across any. So One one of the earliest problems with launch that's no longer a problem, and, and people that have worked at launch kind of know this, is is very early on, I think I joined in, in 2015 or something like that, um, there were quite a few plumbing issues. Ooh. And and so, so I mean, I mean, Ray's trying to be a good boss, and he's kind of like, okay, well, if you, you see, like, a toilet that's stuck, just let me know. Mm-hmm. We'll take care of it. But, like, if you're like, you know, you know I want to help the like, guy out, I want to be a good employee, especially when you're new, you're like, oh, I got I to show my good side. But you keep walking into those situations, so so definitely when when you're not flexible when you're not willing to just just um you know work for the entity um you'll you'll suffer in in, in roles like this and and I wouldn't say that's true of all incubators or or accelerators and things like that but definitely small teams and and startups for sure you kind of have to literally roll your sleeves up so Actually, I feel like this is a good opportunity to ask this question. So I noticed that in our launch handbook, there is a rule when it comes to washroom usage. Uh, so I just had a question about one of them. So, you know, there's one that was uh, that was just like, you know, don't play Angry Birds for 30 minutes on the toilet. I'm assuming was there a backstory to this one or? Um, that's that's from our co-founder, Alex. Ah. So so here's the funny thing about terms of services. Now, Alex might be watching right now, so so he might have the full story. I don't know if he wants to type in the comments, um, but but like when when you're writing a terms of service, one it's important to do because I think legally there's there's things that have to happen. But we all know, like, how many of you guys have read through the Apple iTunes terms of service? Nobody. I promise you, I I I I've maybe met one person that's been like, "Yep, I've done it," and that's just a, a smart ass. Um, <laughs> But but for the most part, terms of service are, are boring legal jargon. And it's things like that toilet thing, I think, that kind of keep health, keep us sane, right? Like that, and I think that's a very good representative of what we try to do at launch. Yes, we're doing lots of things. Some of them are very serious that involve implications of moving your family or or whatever the next step of your startup is, whether you're raising money or hiring employees or firing employees, whatever. But at the same time, this is life and we we have to have fun. Um, so, so that's why it's a dog friendly office. That's why we put in weird little, little, um, tidbits into our terms of service, just kind of poke fun at ourselves, like not to take it too seriously. Awesome. Um, okay. So let's kind of go back to, uh, working with us then <laughs> and the launch team. I, I'm starting to think like I should have read these questions before. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, have, has there been, what was like the, I don't want to say intern story. Let's just say like, you know, team story. What Mm -hmm. was like the craziest like work day you've ever encountered? Or what is something that like was so ridiculous offhand that maybe you saw while working here and you just, you know, that was caused by a teammate or something. Could be something funny. It could be something really off, something really weird. Mm, Nothing really that exciting comes to mind. I'm I'm, I'm trying to rack through my brains because, because for those that, aren't in Vancouver that are listening to this. We we live in the heart of Gastown and Gastown is a very vibrant community in Vancouver. <laughs> very um, vibrant. But but I I use the vi- word vibrant very deliberately. Uh it's vibrant in that it has a lot of culture, there's a lot of food, there's a lot of pubs and just a lot of things to do. But just across the street from that is one of one of the the poorest communities in in Vancouver. 
And, and because of that, there's, there's a lot of mental health issues. There's a lot of uh, poverty, a lot of people, panhandlers, all that kind of stuff. So, so in our area, like any given day, anything weird could, could happen. Um, and, and I'm trying to rack my brain through, through weird experiences or different experiences. I think one that comes to mind is every now and then, and I haven't seen them for, for, for a couple of years now. So, so maybe I'm a little bit worried, but I think every couple of months there was this, um, there's this one younger guy, I think, I think it was a guy. I, I can't really remember. Um, but, but they would come in and be selling, uh, chocolates and and they just come up and i mean like yeah it's solicitation but also you knew he 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 definitely had some special needs um so he'd come by and sell chocolates every couple months and and people kind of got used to just him walking (laughs) through the door and being like chocolate chocolate um so so you see stuff like that i'm like hey when you think about it we're we're a place of startups a place of businesses he's just trying to hustle so 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 that i think that's a that's a simple example for you another example that that um is much more painful and fun. Well, funny to me because I wasn't there. Um, but one year when we, we, we had a, a special VIP group that we decided to actually take out for, for a boat ride. And by boat ride, I mean cruise. Um, but there was some, some malfunctioning in the, either it was weather related or it was boat related. Oh. Um, but, but I think it was like 200 to 300 of our fanciest guests, um, were stuck on a boat for, for four or five hours. Uh, but t- from, from my understanding, they were, they were fine because it was open bar. So, oh. <laughs> um, but that's, that's definitely one of the things that, that we've seen that we'd like not to recreate. Um, one time for the lore is enough. Yeah. Write that down on the launch history mementos. <laughs> All right. So let's see. Um, so what kind of like got you into working at launch then? Cause I know, you know, just did a little bit of a, the LinkedIn stalking, of course. Jeez. <laughs> you graduated with a communications degree, but did you ever think that you were going to end up working within tech? So it's funny because because I've told variations of this story throughout the years, and and I think it actually starts with with co op, but not for the reason you think. So so sometimes like university students do do pick our brains. They come to launch. They want a tour. They want to hear like the history of launch. They want to hear like each of our history and how we got into tech and all that kind of stuff. And I always start by talking about a co-op job that I got and, and I won't name the source, but it was a financial institution and, and it was kind of like my first co-op job. And I was very excited because I was going to get paid regularly for for the first time in my life. Um, but I didn't really care what I was doing. And, and they, I, th- I think I want to say that the position was something called like inbound customer, like correspondent or, or like they, I, it, it meant nothing, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just some weird fancy name. Reality is, is I was on the phone, uh, 10 hours a day taking inbound calls of people who can't pay their credit card bills. And my job is to upsell them on stuff. So six weeks in, I, I burned out crazily because, because the office was, was in deep in Surrey. Uh, you had to be there at 6 a.m. in the morning. That means the sun wasn't up because I ran 10 hour, four day shifts. Um, I left at 6 p.m which means that I never saw the light of day, like mm. literally never saw the light of day. Um, it was also winter time at that time. So, so I was miserable. And that was really the first kind of starting point in my life where I'm like, huh, I can't just do any job. I have to do something that I kind of like at least. Yeah. Right. And that was kind of my motivator because honestly, I'm not a good student. Uh, I was like moping my way through classes. Um, and, and, and even after that epiphany, I still didn't, 
didn't do well in class, I thought it was kind of kind of mundane and and it's just not real life enough for me. So so that's when I started uh, messing around with WordPress, building. First, I built a blog for myself. I thought it was going to be a blogger. That didn't turn out well. Uh, I was going to be a blogger boy. Um, but from that experience building a blog, I pretended like I had a job, even though I was you know typing stuff on WordPress like so many teens at that time. And 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 then I got myself into different tech roles. Um, the other thing that I did was was there was a communication course with a with a prof. And his class was frankly very boring, like all the other classes. But the stuff that he did outside of class was interesting to me. So, so I remember like actually talking to the prof, and that that's a hint for anybody in university. If you're there anyway, um, make use of the connections, whether it's people around you or the profs or the TAs or, or whatever, um, because that's much more valuable than the grade or the the Wikipedia stuff that you're going to get out of the class. And, and he was the one who actually hooked me up with, with my first tech opportunity. And it's kind of, you know, history from there. Wow. So I guess, um, what would your advice be aside from, you know, for the, I guess, what made you, okay, so you got your first tech opportunity. Mm-hmm. So then after that, I'm assuming you had a little bit more options now. Like you knew mm-hmm. which direction you were going. You knew that you kind of wanted to work within tech. <laughs> Um, what made um, the companies that you worked with previously like appealing to you? So for those that are like, you know, looking to hire on students or people like, you know, new, new graduates that might not kind of have a, uh, a distinct idea of what they're looking mm-hmm. for just yet, but you know, they would know that they want to work in tech. Um, you want the real answer? <laughs> sure. Let's hear the real answer. The real no answer. Filter. What all, what all those, what all those companies had in common is they hired me. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Like, because, because I think, and 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 I sound like a grandpa when I say stuff like this, but definitely our parents and our parents' parents, they had less options than us. Mm-hmm. And and people that are younger than us listening to this, they're gonna have more options than than we we do or did. Um, but I think you can get into this this hole of of too many choices and not knowing what to decide. Like I get a lot of asked a lot, it's like, how do you know this is the right decision? Or or I have two startups, which one should you go with? Mm-hmm. The answer is just either do both at the same time and see which one you're interested in more and which mm-hmm. one finds traction first or just pick one. The faster it fails, the faster you can get onto the next one. Right. So, so when it comes back to your original question of, of jobs, like I literally have said, I've never turned down a job in my life. Um, I've said yes to anybody that's hired me, which makes, makes me sound a little bit like, like, you know, like whatever. But I also believe that like, like the job with, with that financial institution, I didn't like it. I quit. But to this day, I still reference that as the starting point of my tech career because what I learned was that I hated it so much. <laughs> I had to move my butt to, to actually do something that I liked doing. Right. So, so a lot of it is, is trial and error. So when you're just starting your career out, just, just take any job. Mm. Right. Like I, I also hear that a lot of people like they, they're, they're in high school. They're like, Oh, I know I don't want to work for someone. I want to be my own boss, but dude, you've never worked a day in your life. Like go work at McDonald's, go work at Old Navy, whatever, and and you're gonna experience a lot. Actually, like working retail is my number one advice, whether it's retail or, or some sort of customer service thing, be a server, go work at White Spot, whatever, because you're gonna realize that like not everybody's nice to you and you start to build thicker skin. Yeah, great advice. Um, so I guess uh what advice do you have for them the companies or the hiring managers? Like how would they find a Sam? If they're going through, you know, I'm not thousand. sure they do. I'm not sure they want to. 
Well, how about this? What are what when you were you know hiring to fill positions within launch? What were some of the key qualities and that kind of like made you realize like oh, okay like oh actually no I guess we did cover this someone that's flexible yeah. and like open yeah someone that's flexible but I think I think the key part is is you're always trying to figure out um, expectations and motivation. Right, like, what does this person want to do in your company? Do they want it for the paycheck? And I, I say that tongue in cheek because some people think that hiring someone for a paycheck is is the wrong reason because it's not idealistic enough. I don't necessarily agree with that because everybody has different needs, everybody has different financial situations. Fact of the matter is, rent in Vancouver is high. You want to live a certain lifestyle, and you're motivated to to work hard to do that. But that understanding from day one is important when you're going into hiring. If you're trying to hire someone that's going to live and breathe your company, um, then that's a different motivation. And you understand that, you know, they'll be happy as long as the company does well. But if it's someone with a paycheck, it's actually easier to manage because you know, as long as the monetary motivation keeps coming, then they're going to be good and they're going to work hard for you. Right. Um, so motivation is, is, is a big one. And then I think, um, a, a kind of, side rule that we have uh both ray and i is we just don't like working with jerks we like working with people we like hanging out with right not necessarily like we have to be best friends or anything like that but you're going to spend 40 hours a week with these people that you're beside right you should at least be able to i'm not going to say tolerate but but like we should be pleasant to a degree with each other right like we should have a good working relationship and and even to that degree it's the same for for companies that we work with we work very closely with them we get to meet their 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 spouses their kids all that kind of stuff and it just makes it so much better when it's people we like um and so that's something that i'd never put down on a piece of paper but but it's reality so so and 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 it goes the same both ways right like if you're looking for for different works different opportunities um you have to have to figure out that sometimes it's not the title or the role or or the sector like oh i really want to work in sports so i'll just i'll just be the ball boy at at, you know baseball games or whatever like but you never get to talk to anybody or do anything you just pick up you know dead balls um like it like other than that it's like who are you working with do they care about you as a person like do they care about your future Awesome. That's pretty good advice. Um, so let's see. For those that, you know, have not really worked within like a smaller startup space, like, you know, we all hear things about how amazing it is. Dog friendly offices, really mm-hmm. cool office spaces, you know, unlimited breaks or like the ability to work from home. What are some of the, you know, negative sides of working within a startup space compared to, you know, let's say a more structured company like a corporate or, you know, working at like a bank or something that has more, I guess, just structure, mm-hmm. you know, you never shake the feeling that you know what you're doing mm-hmm. or, or is that the right way to phrase it? Like you never feel like you know what you're doing. Mm. And, and I think that's part of the struggle is, is five years in a lot of times when I'm in a panel in, in a conversation, I feel, I can feel inadequate, right? Like I don't know this topic, right? Like I've never done X or I've never done Y personally. I've talked about it a lot. Um, but when you're in small teams, you kind of have to step up and, and, you know, if you got two founders and one, one does the technical work and one does what we call everything else, but you know, your major could have been in marketing, but suddenly you're doing books, you're doing accounting and you're doing stuff that you never thought about. Right. Uh, just did quote marks for those listening. Um, 
and and you just kind of have to tough it out but you know you do that and let's say your your startup becomes like a semi-successful business it's it's you know surviving you and your family for for five years um but do you consider yourself knowledgeable in running the the numbers of your company you you might not feel like it right but but the fact of the matter is you have five years experience running that so so that's one of the the hurdles you get over is you have to have a lot of pep talk to yourself about self-confidence I see. So what were some of the, you know, when you first came into working in tech, like what were some of the skill sets that you did develop or what were some of the, you know, prominent strengths that you decided, like uh, that came out of working in the tech industry for so long? You had to force yourself to talk behind a mic. <laughs> we're doing that with you right now, that is right? unexpected, but um, yeah, I never thought I, I was going to come <laughs> hosting a podcast when I first started working. There you go, right? It, it's full. It's full of different expectations. Is is I think the nice thing about where we where we are and what we do um, is that we have the ability to to learn things in areas that we're interested in. Mm. So whether that's becoming a better public speaker, becoming a better moderator, um, or you know, becoming a, a more technical person. Like I talk about things like building websites. Like we don't have a developer on our team. Somebody on our team, you know, does all that technical stuff, making sure our website's up, making sure our Wi-Fi is up, right? Like, like these are all things that you just kind of have to to pick up, and and those are things that you can tangibly move on. Like, yeah. Awesome. So let's kind of uh, go back to a little bit more of a fun subject. So I know that aside from working at launch, uh, you also co-host an Overwatch podcast called Ready, Set, Pwn. Another free plug. <laughs> and I believe, and you focus on the Overwatch team, the Vancouver Titans. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about that. Like, how did you get into doing that and why? Or, you know, like, how long has that been going for? Uh, we've been doing it for, for just a bit over a year. Uh, Chris is really the mastermind behind it. Um, his, his Twitter handle is at Life Force, so shout out to him. He's just traveling at the moment. Um, but, but he's what I call a serial podcaster. So, so he loves making content. He loves building content. Basically, he finds topics and then he wants to build a, a, a podcast about it. He has a long, he, he's one of the, I guess you call founders of one of the longest running uh, Canucks podcasts in, in Vancouver, or I guess in the world, cause I don't imagine too many Canucks podcasts outside the area. Um, but, but when we were getting news that there's going to become a professional Overwatch team here, honestly, I'm not a huge gamer that I definitely am bad at games, but Overwatch happened to be randomly one of the games that I picked up. Um, and Overwatch isn't even that popular if I'm being honest. Um, there's, there's a lot more, a lot popular games like games that you play. Um, that was the segue for your plug, but you know, League of Legends, <laughs> dude, League of Legends doesn't need the plug. Your Twitch <laughs> streaming needs the plug. Come on, man. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> just interjecting here for those that are, uh, that might not be Thoroughly aware. confused. <laughs> <laughs> um, as my side gig, I guess I also, um, am pretty involved with gaming as well as, I don't do podcasting. Oh, actually, I guess I can't say that now. Here mm. I am. Um, but I am also a video game Twitch streamer. So mostly play League of Legends. But uh, if you ever want to check me out, um, it's just at CarrieAutumn. Or at CarrieAutumn. That'll, that'll be in the show notes or something <laughs> like that. But yeah, like the, this Overwatch thing, we kind of fell into a lapse. Like I, I knew I liked working with Chris and eventually we met our third co-host, uh, Omni, who's much more knowledgeable about the game than I am. 
Um, and we decided that we wanted to just chat about esports every week. And, and I was excited, not just about Overwatch, but about esports and in, in the industry in general. Um, I understand team competition. I understand sports. Um, so, so that's kind of how, how we got into it. And we've done 60 episodes. Wow. That's really impressive. Yeah, that's a lot of, that's a lot of talking about what's supposedly a dead game. Yeah. Wow. All right. So the last kind of question I have for you then is let's say if you were able to add on an additional team member to launch and it could be anyone, I'm talking like your next door intern to Mark Zuckerberg, who would you decide to bring onto the team and why? Um, I think I definitely want someone really, really muscular. Um, there's a reason for this. Um, I think I'd go with The Rock. I, I've put oh, some thought into this. The Rock. I think I think The Rock would be a great addition to our team. One, I he's super. Rock. He's super <laughs> tall. I think I think all all our other team members would be quite happy that The Rock works with us. Um, that would be motivation to go to work. <laughs> he'd he'd keep us fit with with oh. his energy. And you know what else? Sorry, I just got to interject here. He's actually starting his own. Well, he started his own tequila line too. So he's also probably got the plugs for so, that. So there's 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 that. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think about that. But but you like now that I think about it, like one of the one of the funniest stories is is like I think right now. And for, for the last little while, other than we, when we had one other guy who, who worked in our company, I'm like the tallest member of our team at like <laughs> five, five, eight, five, nine, depending on like what shoes I'm wearing. Um, and, and so I'm always having to reach for stuff or carry <laughs> heavy stuff. Like we have, we work in a heritage building, so we always have to go up three flights of stairs for anything. So if you want to bring in boxes of tequila, guess who's carrying it every time? Yeah. Right. So, so, you know, the rock would be amazing for something like that. Um, and that would just really alleviate a lot of my pain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, adding on to it too, though, like the rock, he seems like, you know, he's, he's a smart guy. Smart, right? Yeah. Definitely smart guy. Very business savvy, like very motivational, inspiring to kind of like look up to. So, and plus he seems like a hilarious guy. I mean, him and Kevin Hart's relationship, like, I mean, like, yeah, like I was thinking about <laughs> Kevin Hart actually, but Kevin Hart's too short; he can't reach the Christmas hey, lights. He is very jacked, though. Okay, he's got some big guns on him. You could have the biggest guns; you still can't reach the Christmas lights. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, all right. Well, I'm out of questions now, but I mean, now I'm going to be dreaming about the Rock on our team. <laughs> So yeah, that, that's it for today's episode. Um, thank you everyone that's uh, tuned in today. Uh, this is our pilot launch of Bits and Bytes. So once again, um, on the next episode, I will definitely have a cooler, a guest. cooler guest, of course. Not on the level of The Rock, but, you know, someone within the space. Someone in between Sam and The Rock. Mm. (laughs) And we'll also come up with a more sadistic food challenge for them. Yeah, more more difficulty. Yes, definitely way more difficulty. (laughs) The next next guest is going to hate you. (laughs) And that's what we have the garbage bin for. Mm -hmm. But thank you again, everyone, for joining us on this first episode of Bits and Bites. We hope that you tune in to our next episode please make sure to follow us on our social media handles that we will have on our show notes. Uh, and we'll, uh, we're excited to see you next time. Bye.